Jewish Latin Princess, episode 68, Kim Heyman, fashion entrepreneur and brand ambassador. You're listening to Jewish Latin Princess podcast by Yael. Every week, get your dose of inspiration from the world's most uniquely talented Jewish women and from Yael herself. Seeking profound and practical ways to live a joyful, richer Jewish life? Welcome to Jewish Latin Princess podcast. And now, Jewish lifestyle expert and bilingual blogger at JewishLatinPrincess.com, your host, Yael. Do you love fashion? I do. Did you know that the Israeli fashion industry is producing amazing talent? And my guest today is on to this, identifying the talented Israeli designers and bringing them to the U.S. fashion scene. You're listening to Jewish Latin Princess. I'm Yael Trush, your host. We're talking fashion today with none other than Kim Heyman. Kim has over a decade experience in the fashion industry, working for Alberta Ferretti's U.S. headquarters for many, many years, representing fashion icons such as Jean-Paul Gaultier, Narciso Rodriguez, Ungaro, and more. She has worked with celebrities and with some of the top fashion editors and stylists in the world. However, Kim has made a pivot and channeled her love for fashion and industry experience towards her other love, Israel. She is now on a mission to bring Israeli fashion designers to the forefront of the New York fashion scene. But wait, there's more. As all of this has happened, Kim has developed also an affinity towards the Jewish attribute of modesty as expressed in women's fashion. And so now, she's really honing in on that. Wait till you hear what she, Kim Heyman, has to say today about modesty. What recent change has she made in her wardrobe? How has her connection with Judaism evolved over time? And what does she tell Israeli designers who want her to represent them? Kim's new passion project, working with a girls boarding school in Israel, not much to do with fashion per se, but definitely with her role as an influencer and a female role model. Here's the lovely Kim Heyman. Welcome to Jewish Latin Princess. How are you? I am wonderful, Yael. How are you? I just got off the plane from Israel, Eretz Yisrael. Oh my gosh. And I feel like you're there like so often. It wasn't like a month ago we were on the phone and you were about to get on a plane to Israel. Then you came back and now you were back again. Well, I I live here, but my heart and soul live in Israel. Until I can make um, Aliyah, this is what I'm going to have to do. Wow. Let's talk fashion. We're going to get to Israel, but let's talk fashion. Your career in fashion spans over a decade. You've worked with large names, with world-renowned designers. So tell us a little bit about your professional background and how that led to what you're doing today, namely representing Israeli designers in the United States. Thanks, Yale. Well, at a very young age, like four years old, as long as I can remember, I was always playing dress up in my mother's closet. Mm. Uh, I was always trying to pretend the hottest to be the hottest actress or model or famous singer, singer such as like Olivia Newton-John, <laughs> Elle Pfeiffer, Madonna. So I grew up in Great Neck, Long Island, um, a very Jewish community. And I went to school in the 80s and 90s and girls were getting fashionable back then. Right. But I always had it in me to love clothes and follow the trends. And so then I went um, and Baruch Hashem, 
Hashem gave me an eye for fashion um, into what's seeing what works and how fashion is an art and how we all present ourselves through our fashion and our clothes. Mm-hmm. I went to Boston University and I studied at the School of Communications and I'm still very active. I sit on the board. Mm-hmm. And through um, school, I learned that public relations and fashion were a good field for me to um, go in. And I was lucky enough after graduating to get an internship at um, a company called IFA. It's owned by Albert- Alberta Ferretti. She's an Italian fashion designer mm-hmm. based in and it represented Moschino, John Paul Gaultier, Narcissa Rodriguez, and Rifat Azbek at the time when I was working there. Mm-hmm. And there was a headquarters in Milan and Paris. And I started low on the totem pole as a fashion intern and learned the ins and outs of fashion PR, working with the top editors of fashion magazines to doing runway shows to you know I I got a job after luckily and I stayed there for 12 years um wow um I met so many celebrities I dressed them for academy awards and grammys so fashion was a part of my life before um Israeli designers came in but I I love fashion I love seeing what's out there and I love discovering new talent so that's it's been a big thing of mine. So at what point did the transition and the focus of your career became towards Israeli designers? Well, believe it or not, I organically, Hashem brought me into this field because I started going to Israel. Um, my husband and I at that time were honored for Open University. And um, that's when we started going to Israel. And I fell in love with Israel. And I love when I'm in a new country, I love discovering what the country has to offer, what they have. Mm-hmm. So I was looking at the new, I was looking at the fashion of Israel. And I randomly fell into Ella Levy's store. And there she had the most beautiful, um, woven, um, ripped up with um, zippers um, top. And I fell in love with it. I bought it and she wound up making me three more sweaters at that time Mm -hmm. and I was so excited about it I said you know what I need to bring her back to America with me and share this her her my love of Israel and fashion with my friends and the world and now I'm working with three other Israeli fashion designers and there might be a fifth one on its way and they just want to get into the New York um, East Coast United States market which is very interesting and um, yeah it's exciting what's going on so bridging my two loves of Israel and fashion and sharing it with America was such a no-brainer for me right and I believe Hashem called me to highlight these special talented designers, um, which I'm finding. And through these designers, I'm showing how beautiful Israel is also through my Instagram and my stories. What did you see? uh, Talk to us more specifically about what did you see in these designers? Because I mean, wow, you've worked with Narciso Rodriguez and like, like, come on, this is unbelievable. These designers are just as good as Narcissa Rodriguez and Ozback, trust me. Wow. So are making, you know, a lot of their stuff is made in their design studios. They're one of their custom aids because they don't have the ability to make, you know, make hundreds. So you're really helping them get into the international map. Well, I'm trying. 
as best I can. Wow. So basically, you, you're the representative in the States. Yes. Through my website, KimHayman.com, and my Instagram, I am showing these designers um, on a new social media, posting them on Instagram, I'm promoting them on my website. So basically, you know, through trunk shows and through social media. Very, very. other influential girls in New York. Very, very cool. So when you're looking for a brand to represent, what exactly are you looking for? Like what gets Kim Heyman's stamp of approval? Well, that's a good one. My stamp of approval goes only on something that I would be proud to wear. Mm-hmm. It's all about interesting, fabulous, meticulous workmanship and something that reads original, chic, modest and elegant. I guess I'd call it wearable art. Fashion is art. Mm. All right, but you already mentioned the hot word "modest," so I gotta, I, I gotta, I gotta explore this, Kim. Um, we, we, I, I know because you told me privately that you've had a spiritual journey um, where you've moved upwards in your observance of Judaism and all that. Uh, where did modesty fall into? Because this is a hard mitzvah, even if somebody's, you know, becoming observant and you're coming from the fashion world, which is not necessarily, you know, we won't describe as modest. Um, so h- h- how, do you, how do you feel about modesty and how, when did that uh, happen? You know, ever since I started going to Israel, the girls in Yerushalayim, look so beautiful at the Kotel with their long dresses, you know, everyone walking with their, all the women looking at each other and wearing their long dresses and modesty, uh, modesty, I think is sexier, by the way, than unmodest. I feel like a woman should keep herself for the man she's with. I feel like a woman, you, you see what's on the outside. It's more about what's in the inside of a woman and what she, the warmth she can bring. Right. It's so refreshing to hear from you, from a fashion entrepreneur. I think it's super sexy. <laughs> I think that um, you're going to see more and more people inclined to wear it. I mean, I don't think sexy clothing is sexy at all. I think it's actually unsexy. So um, right now yeah. I'm on a very modest religious, I'm in a very modest and religious spiritual uphill climb. <laughs> so let's talk about this climb. What, what triggered it? Well, listen, let me start at the beginning, yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I grew up in reform, and mm-hmm. I was always passionate about Judaism. My grandfather ran away from the Nazis um, before they invaded Poland, and he always told me that I looked like his sister that was killed by the Nazis, who was unfortunate not be able to run away. And I always loved learning about where I came from and uh, my Jewish life. Mm-hmm. I guess my spiritual journey started when I got married and I wanted to recreate a warm Jewish home. Right. My children can grow up and love Judaism. But you put your kids in a Jewish day school, more observant, I guess, than the way you were brought up. What happened next? Well, I think I started when I had trouble getting pregnant. Aha. Uh-huh. That's when I started going to synagogue every Shabbat and praying that everything was going to be okay. And thank Hashem, it was. It was very easy for me mm-hmm. after I had a little help to get pregnant. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, with life's ups and downs, I um, grew with Hashem. I put my life in God's hands um, the last few years. And um, I really know I've seen miracles. I truly saw open miracles in my life. And um, 
that I couldn't believe happened. And I truly believe he answers our prayers. And spiritually, I'm always wanting to grow and learn and be more connected, do more mitzvahs, um, be a better person. Wow. Like I really am. And this trip in Israel um, was so good for me. Um, I actually, I have to tell you what happened. I got connected. I'm sorry, I'm going off a little bit. No, I want to hear what happened. I was always, I'm sick of just giving sadaka. I mean, I love giving sadaka, trust me. (laughs) No, I mean like to charities, just you know, it's not fulfilling to me. Um, you know, I open my wallet in Israel all the time, but it's not. I want to give back. I want to um, be an uh, an influential person on someone's life. Right. Want to give my time. So I've been searching and for the last year for something to be involved with. You know, it's not just good enough for me to go to Israel and give money. You know all over the place but I really want to give my time and my love to something and I found a boarding school near Beersheba mm-hmm. of the young teenage girls that never had an American girl come visit them and they have nothing um, they're educated there um, they live there they come from abused homes some of them don't have moms and dads and they're troubled but they're all beautifully amazing and special and I went twice this trip and I'm going back and helping these girls some more and I'm going to bring recognition to this um, girls school that's amazing I'm crying almost going to cry right now I don't want to cry on this interview what's the name of the school that's amazing Um, the boarding school Eden it's Mm -hmm. E-D-E-N it's near Beersheba and these girls I played volleyball with them I brought one of my girlfriends who's a artists we made hats they wanted me to stay eat dinner have lunch i love those girls they're become they are like forever my friends and when i go to israel i'm gonna help them out and do whatever i can and i'm gonna you know by talking about it and bringing friends there i'm gonna get people to help out because these girls were crying over um markers and pencils and notepads that i brought them leave it so it just I'm very lucky. I know he, and I thank Hashem. And when I, unfortunately, um, my marriage ended um, a year ago, Mm -hmm. um, I told Hashem that I'm going to help them and do everything in my power to um, help his people. That's really, really something unbelievable, Kim. I mean, I knew you were a very generous person and influential, but like to really give of yourself like this and young girls who really need a, a role model and role models. I mean, you're doing an amazing amazing thing now the reason why i actually even started kim and the and the israeli fashion designers and now i do see the link yeah you know people are always asking me what i'm doing and i said you know what i'm having a good time and i'm bringing recognition to these designers and you know a lot of designers have trouble um finding innovative ways of reaching new markets mm-hmm. and um so there's a there's a the challenges faced in the industry today are um, lack of raw materials and skilled manpower, tough competition, and there's a small market in international terms. So it's very hard for an Israeli designer to get out there. Right. You know, not many people are taking the risk. And through KimHayman.com, um, I am giving them a platform, a website that they could show on. And I am also in Israel. So I live in America 
and Israel. So it's a good cross. But what I do want to say is I always knew there was a reason behind why I was doing this. And these girls at the boarding school of Eden, um, I want to give them also a platform where they can get some recognition and we can raise some money for them. And, you know, I just knew that this will be a good collaboration, fashion, charity, and my love of Eretz Israel. That's amazing. That's amazing. Kim, being that you you are you're obviously a very spiritually connected person. Um, but at the end of the day, you work in a world of fashion, which can be very superficial and focused on the externalities, um, the physicality, how, how it takes a very strong and spiritually centered person to keep their head above the water amidst the you know all the pressures to look a certain way and the Instagramming and the images and our own self image. Can you talk to that a bit? I mean, how, how do you you navigate that well my father taught me at a very young age a very valuable lesson in life it doesn't matter what you have it's what you have in the inside um, but truthfully keeping it all in perspective is for me now it's easy because I worked in the fashion industry and everyone thought they were something amazing <laughs> It was really funny. Like we were just, even if we were a PR girl, we these girls think that they're or a Vogue girl. Sorry, Vogue girls, but they thought they were like the best thing ever. I mean, here they are. They worked in a magazine, but they thought they were the designers. It was funny, but true. Listen, we live in a very materialistic society, right? And fashion taps exactly into the external. Um, we're surrounded by ads of fashion and beauty and media, and um, it's all about looking good and dressing right and yes when I was younger I was very influenced by what I possessed and what others had but um, I realized in life what you have does not make you anything more special um, you can have everything in the world and be depressed and uh, miserable in life mm -hmm. and I you know don't get me wrong I love beautiful things but that doesn't make up who I am what I you know um, it, it doesn't compensate so I've learned that if you really want to find inner peace I, you need to do something to elevate your soul and um, I just don't I don't care. I don't look on the outside anymore. I look at what's more in the inside. But I do love fashion and um, I love nice things, I have to admit. <laughs> uh, listen, I'm right there with you. <laughs> if, we, if you let us both loose in the middle of Manhattan, we'll be in trouble together. Exactly. <laughs> but I think it's a very powerful and refreshing message for young women to hear, especially coming from a person who's been in the industry for so many years. Um, um, to hear you're really just like a voice of reason in this and all this noise um, there is a lot of noise especially in America and I think our society is getting worse and worse and um, you know through the internet and Instagram and the iPhones it's it's a tough world we're living in and um, Kim on a personal level I don't know how was it for you for myself um, because I also loved fashion, still love fashion so much. And I was always kind of like the way you described yourself as a young girl. Um, and I, I'm still always very put together and so on and so forth. But keeping a, a transitioning to a more modest wardrobe was kind of a cool challenge in some in many ways, because it was just fun to kind of shop for new things and make it all look put together and modest. But um, but it took many years. And and it 
sometimes it wasn't easy. Um, can was has it been challenging for you on a personal level? I mean, actually, yeah. Guess what? I gave wearing pants. Um, I won't wear pants anymore unless it's ski pants in the dead winter. Okay. Right. <laughs> but I love wearing long skirts, thick tights, and you know I don't like being revealing anymore. It's not a, it's not attractive. Hmm. It's so much more attractive for a woman to be covered and feminine. And um, I don't know. I'm just so into the whole look. I mean, I'm telling you, it's a majorly growing trend. I was just in Tel Aviv taking a jog. And I see this model coming out wearing, and they were doing a photo shoot. I said, what is this? They're like, it's a vintage store. I mean, even in Tel Aviv, they're showing girls more modestly. It's really elegant. Men like elegant women, too. Mm -hmm. I Mm-hmm. That's that's amazing, and it is really um, it is really becoming a, a trend. Um, I mean, it's so many brands. It's it's been all over the press about uh, presenting modest fashion in an aesthetically beautiful, you know, as something aesthetically beautiful and alternative for people. And it's not even in our world that people are adopting it. I mean, it's uh, it's just I think it's picking up across the board. So you're right there, you know, in the trend. How do your designers? Um, how do they how do they react to that to your love for this? I mean, I, I I'm I'm assuming they're not necessarily always designing completely modest wear, right? No, but a lot of them I'm giving them direction to be modest. You know, mm. I say I never wear it or I don't want that on my website. I'm trying to keep it, um, and they know only if I want to wear it will they really. Um, I'm helping them create what women want. Especially Tamara Selim. Um, I'm wearing only her skirts these days. She made me at least 10 skirts. And they are a staple to my wardrobe every single day. The slim pencil skirt with a little zipper up the front is my uniform. I have every color, every material. It's the best. Okay, I'm going to have to go check it out. <laughs> yes, it's coming up soon on it. And um, also this designer, Alicia Bar Abergel, who I'm working with, um, I'm telling him that his skirts need to get longer. Um, right now, they're a little above the knee, but I said, if you want me to wear these, and you, we need to make them a little longer. So he understands, and oh, and Ella Levy, we, she, they all understand that we want um, something different and more modest and feminine. That's you're really influencing. Um, look at you, Kim. You're really influencing them. It's amazing in a positive way. So, Kim, you told me before when we were talking about young women today that um, you mentioned the word spirituality and spiritual growth. And I know you yourself host Torah classes. You're very involved in your community. So, talk to us a little bit about that side of Kim, where you, you know, how do you nourish your spirituality? Well, yeah, it's very. I find it a lot harder in America to nourish it. I'm always seeking it out. Um, I love hosting Torah classes in my home and opening up my home to girls that don't have the access or the, you know, the access to rabbis or the access to, you know, so I'm always opening up my home for classes. Um, and I'm always seeking out to do, you know, grow further. But I find it very hard in America. Really? I find it easier to grow in 
you know, spiritually in Israel, because there you can't um, ignore Shabbat. You know, you feel it coming even in Tel Aviv. Everything's quiet at two at one at twelve o'clock. You feel it in the air. You feel the hogs. And here in America, it's very hard to feel that. You know, it's hard. I'm always searching for it. I'm going to classes. I'm trying to learn, but it, I feel less spiritual here in America than I do in Israel. Yeah, it's it's harder, but I guess that's that's part of our mission to you know transform transform wherever we are. So <laughs> yes, make it make make the land of Israel wherever you are. Bring that spirituality wherever I'm we are. Trying to teach my friend how to make challah. <gasps> I and love it. Yes, yeah, so I can't, I just went to Netanya and I brought back um, some challah some stuff to help my friends make challah. I'm going to teach them. I'm going to do a little class in my home. So yeah, I'm I'm also searching for new ways to grow and learn. So um, I found that when I was becoming more observant, the role that women play in the more observant world was something that fascinated me that I found these women to be assertive, intelligent, knowledgeable, not just about spiritual matters, but practical matters put together beautiful and I was like one minute my parents were raising me to be all that but in the world that I'm immersed in I don't really see that so much um and so I think that the the role of women really pulled me in did you find that for yourself absolutely yeah I I've met a lot of women the last few years that really inspired me deeply, Jewishly, religiously. These women just are so smart. They're so good in their home. They have it together. They're amazing cooks. They're amazing mothers. I mean, these Jewish women that I've met and I look up to, they're my role models in life. Yeah, yeah. it was like... it's like, I want to be like you when I grow up. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm like, how can I be more like you? Yeah, I'll, I'll give up the jeans in the closet <laughs> like you just did. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I don't know if I'll ever have it, but these women are amazing. Yeah, yeah. By the way, what did your your boys say about the no pants? Are they back from camp? Do they realize? Oh, they're not back from camp yet, but no, and they won't even realize. They don't care. <laughs> they're boys. <laughs> <laughs> they don't care. I love it. You see, there Hashem has even helped you there. You know, they're just boys. They won't note you about this. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. So, Kim, tell us, other than your designers, I mean, give us a scoop. Where should we be shopping to look fabulous? What are your favorite uh, brands to shop? Hmm. Good question. <laughs> or should I just come to Manhattan and you'll take? I'll I'll go blindfolded and you just take me around. <laughs> I really don't shop more much in Manhattan anymore. I'm not a big fan of not a big fan of anything much. I'm into finding young designers in Israel, whether they create me me one of a kind mm-hmm. or I buy off the rack. I mean, fashion in Israel is growing so much. Tel Aviv Fashion Week was so inspiring. I just went a few months ago to the Shankar School of Design fashion show and the fashion there, I wanted to buy everything off the runway. It was better. <laughs> than Paris Couture. <laughs> no, I'm not even kidding. These kids are so talented. That's awesome. It's amazing. That's so awesome. And they're risk takers and they're hungry and they're just, they have it. And I want to be original. I don't want to wear the same dress as 
every other girl in New York. Um, I'm right. not, and it's it's fun for me to scout out new designers and be a part of the Israeli fashion scene for an American girl. I love it. So then I guess I have to go with you to Israel. Forget Manhattan. Let's go to exactly. Israel together. I'll take you shopping in Israel. <laughs> and we'll go do all the spiritual stuff too, because that that's what we're going to do too. <laughs> exactly, of course. I love it. Kim, this is the part of the show that I call JLP fill in the blanks, okay? Are you ready for these? Ready, I hope so. Let's give them a shot. So I'm Kim Heyman, and I feel most spiritual when? When I'm at the Kotel amongst my people praying on Shabbat or on a Chag. I mean, when I'm at that Kotel, I feel Hashem's present and the davening and the beauty of being with all the women is just my favorite thing in the world. It is. It really is something else. My favorite mitzvah or one I feel most connected with is? Um, lighting Shabbat candles and making holly. Hmm. Something right. I wished I had learned about Judaism growing up is? Yeah, I wish I went to a Jewish day school. I, w- I wish I had a more formal Jewish upbringing and education. That's one thing I feel deprived on. And I am so happy, Baruch Hashem, that I was lucky enough to send my kids to a Jewish school. That's amazing. Yeah, I, f- I, I feel the same way. I could totally relate. How old are your kids, by the way? I have an 11-year-old and twins that are nine. Okay, so you're probably hitting that point where you can't really help them with their Judaics homework, now, right? I actually have um, a great Israeli um, helper that comes uh-huh. um, and he helps them with the homework. All right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's that's it. You know, and, and the truth is there is, it's so beautiful because you'll see that they'll be helping you um, very, it's very soon. It's education you can give a child. Mm-hmm. I mean, what else is there? Yeah, you could be great in math and great in science, but without that Jewish background, it's going to help you you're smarter and you're wiser than anyone with that education yeah yeah yeah. well you're learning something i feel deprived on but you know what at least my children will have exactly exactly we started a little later but but that's okay how did by the way how did that decision come about because it can't be just an easy one how did you at what point did you say i'm taking the leap and i'm putting my kids in a jewish day school well my ex-husband went to a jewish day school Uh and thought that was the right way and you know at first it took me a not i was looking at regular schools but when i saw the jewish schools i knew that was the way to go Mm. and so and I was on board right away. Wow, good for you. Good for you. Sometimes it's not easy for parents because they feel like, oh, my kids are going to expect that I keep more and da da da. You know, we kind of get let our egos it's get in nice the way. My children learn. You know, they teach me sometimes. It's fun. Yeah. You know, they're reminding me of holi- of things during the holidays, and it's it's lovely. I'm I very- love it. I love it. When I give tzedakah, I like to give to, well, you already told us a little bit about that, but share with us well, a little bit more. I like to more. give people in need. I don't like to give too much to big organizations. Um, I don't question really where the money's going. I like to give to the person, and they decide where they see fit. Mm-hmm. Um I don't really care about tax write-offs so much. I want to make more of a direct impact with my sadaka. Right, right. Yeah, I feel I feel very similarly. I really connect to when a family needs just, you know, people whom I know, whatever. Um, finally, I'm Kim Heyman, and today I'm most grateful for... My three wonderful sons and... 
And I pray to Hashem for the privilege in watching them grow to be great Jewish men who do amazing things for the Jewish people and the land of Eretz Yisrael. Amen. Wow, how beautiful, Kim. Well, tell us where we can find you again. You can find me at KimHayman.com or at KimHayman28 on Instagram. Instagram is not just about, you know, fashion. It's about Israel and my journeys and my travels and my life. So anyone who liked this podcast of mine can follow me on Kim Heyman 28. I love it. We're going to be following you, checking out the Israeli designers as well as your journey, your work with the Eden School, influencing girls, not just in the school. Like you are already a great influence for so many women out there. So we're going to be checking you out, Kim. Thank you, Yeah. This was fun. Really had a good time. Thank you. Thanks to Kim Heyman for stopping by. If you want to know more about Kim and the amazing Israeli talent that she's promoting, go on to her website, kimheyman.com, and follow her on Instagram at kimheyman28. And that's Heyman with an E, H-E-Y-M-A-N. Thanks for tuning in, everyone. It feels like the summer is rapidly wrapping up. I still have two more weeks with just my younger ones as my older kids are still away in camp. But it's now kind of time to get those school supplies and everyone set for the new school year. I'm actually not so ready for that. I've had an amazing summer. Um, I was very happy to go away for a few days. I think I told you I had a speaking engagement in Cleveland. That was really, really fun. And I'm heading back out on a trip very soon. I'll be in New York in and out very quick, but very much looking forward. Also looking forward to all the uniquely talented Jewish women coming up on the show, technology, infertility, and more. All those topics and many more. Stay tuned. And if you really want to be in the loop, the best way is to join my newsletter, which you can do at jewishlatinprincess.com. Over there, you can also ask me a question, book me to come speak at your community or your event, or suggest a uniquely talented Jewish woman to be featured on the show. Thanks for tuning in, everyone. Have a great week. Thanks for listening to Jewish Latin Princess Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe on iTunes, leave a rating, and share the podcast with the Jewish women you love. To access today's show notes, ask Yael a question, or suggest a uniquely talented Jewish woman to be featured on the show, visit jewishlatinprincess.com.